Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Good morning, folks. Welcome in. Hardwood Handicappers here on Monday, January 22nd. You know, we always take the weekend off, but I feel like for some reason... It feels an especially long time since we recorded. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it was just a long weekend with a lot of football. Zach Cohen is here. Kelly Bidlin with the day off. Uh, how was the weekend from a football standpoint? Zach, uh, what'd you hit? You didn't. Uh, was it good? Positive? Negative? How was it? It was not great. I only hit no. the Ravens. I, I went over three of the other three, so not the best. Uh, I, I did have the Bills last night. I thought they should have pulled that out. But honestly, I think even if they made the field goal, Chiefs are driving right down and winning that game. So, I, I don't know. It's not nothing I could be mad about. <laughs> yeah, uh, I lost my booty on. Um, I was loaded up on 49ers stuff. So like yeah. minus nine and a half, over three and a half touchdowns, and um, I had the that, too. Yeah, that's so. That's at my. That was a negative. Um, I do have. Uh, I, I did load up on a future about uh, five six weeks ago in the Kansas City Chiefs at seven to one to win the Super Bowl. So um, you know they knocked out a Bills eighteen to one ticket, but still going to come out with a nice uh, if they can do it. A nice yeah. thing. So. Good to see the Chiefs win. It was a good game, but uh, overall, I think a negative weekend for the most part in the National Football League. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Sad. Not the case in the NBA, though. Not the case in the NBA. Uh, the season is going along swimmingly. So famous last words because uh, January 22nd will probably be the start of the downfall after I say those words. <laughs> but before we get to the weekend, uh, or excuse me, the week that will be and the day that will be in the NBA, we'll start with a little bit of what we saw over the weekend. Hard not to start with yesterday buried in the uh, NFC divisional matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Detroit Lions was an early start time in Los Angeles between the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Clippers. Did you see the way this thing ended? I didn't watch the game. I just know it was like an all-time bad beat if you had the Nets. <laughs> yeah, this was absolutely nuts. The Clippers end the game on a 22 to nothing run to not only win the game, but cover. As, as 10 point favorites in this matchup with the Brooklyn Nets. It was absolutely incredible. I had bet the uh, Clippers team total over, thought it was dead because uh, the uh, Nets opened up like a 16 nothing lead, if I remember correctly. And the, the, the Clippers had absolutely nothing uh, when it came to scoring in that game, but absolutely insane that they were able to do this. Nets were up 114 to 103 with 530 left and ended up losing 125 <laughs> to 114. It pretty much encapsulates like the entire season for the Nets. I mean, they went on the road, they beat the Lakers, they had a chance to go out, beat the Clippers, make it two in a row in Los Angeles, and they just give it away. I mean, this that's the hot start to the season, and now they faded completely. Like this is a team you can't trust in any way whatsoever. Yeah, I tweeted out too just to to rub some salt in the wounds of Lakers fans um, that I love to go back and forth with. Um, lose to the lose to the Nets, Clipper Nation would never. 
<laughs> Clipper Nation would never. Uh, after a bad, I thought that was a bad loss for LA, to be quite honest with you, on Friday. But uh, it was right. I mean, just considering how bad the Nets have been and looking at the way they ended that game against the Clippers, like, dude, during I think was it during the game there was a report during the Lakers Nets game on Friday night. There was like a report or something that I saw. I don't know if you saw this. Maybe you sent it to me. That like people in the in the organization are are alleging that uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's like quiet quitting. Like yes. he's just playing so bad that they think he's just like on strike on the court. Like that's the vibes around the Brooklyn Nets right now. And the Lakers <laughs> lost to that team. Yeah, it was like Zach Lowe made a joke about it. Now people, I think, are like running with it as if it's like a report. Yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, he's been horrible. And I did end up pouncing on the Nets in that game. I just thought it was too many points because I just don't think the Lakers are good. So I don't think they should be laying that many points against anyone. But yeah, I mean, to lose outright was surprising to me, even even though, you know, a team that I don't trust. Yep. So, uh, of course, we get confirmation that the Clippers are the best team in the NBA with that (laughs) massive comeback. And uh, really, that's all there is to it. All right. Before we move on, anything else from the weekend that stick out? Did you watch anything on Saturday or Sunday? I know it was a busy football weekend. Generally, Mondays are pretty quiet in terms of recaps because we're pretty wrapped up in football. That's going to come to an end here pretty soon. But anything stick out at all? I've just been watching the Suns. I mean, it's been a crazy yes. week with uh, with the move and dealing with some personal stuff. So I've only been watching the Suns. I do think they have kind of figured it out lately. They're actually like top 10 in defense uh, over the last five games, and I don't think that that's sustainable. But if they're even on like 15 or 16, that's probably where they need to be, the sweet zone for how good the offense is going to be, although the offense does stall out at times, which is really shocking given the talent they have. But overall, it's been a lot better for Phoenix. And then the second thing I'd say is I think it's a race against time for uh, home grid against Wembenyama in the Rookie of the Year race. I'm yeah. starting to think that Chet needs to get that all-star nod in order to win rookie of the year. Otherwise I do think there is now a chance that when Banyama steals it, he's been so good since moving to center and like almost consistently putting up big numbers, San Antonio starting to play better. There are nights now where Chet's disappearing a little bit. So I do think that Holmgren needs the all-star nod in order to win rookie of the year. And I do think that if he does get that nod, he will win. But I, I do think that that's what it's going to come down to. It is pretty incredible. So some of the numbers now that we know that when Banyama has been playing these minutes at center, um, when he's at power forward, Spurs negative twelve point six net rating. When he's at center, negative four point one. So again, they're bad either way. Mm-hmm. But the 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 difference, the massive difference from when he plays center as opposed to playing power forward, and it is incredible that we like we talked about it, right? Like I get maybe you want to save his body or whatever it is, but like just put him in, man. Just put him in yeah. and let him work and let, let his body mature and get used to playing center because in today's NBA, he's like the perfect center to have. He yep. can defend, he can protect the rim, right? He can block shots. Then on the offensive end, he can stretch the floor. He pulls opposing bigs out. Like, it just makes too much sense to have him at center and to have a really good point guard with him as well. <laughs> like, it just – I don't know what they were doing and why it took this long, but I, I think that – look, it might cost him Rookie of the Year, to be honest with you. I, the, the Holmgren – Holmgren still has a lead, and maybe this push is going to be enough down the stretch for him to win it. But you put this at risk with the way that you've handled him this season. It's been really weird. Yeah, I completely agree on costume because I actually think we'd probably be talking about Wemby as a potential all-star if he were playing center all season. It's really just an offensive thing. Like, I don't think he's a good enough shooter right now to be playing power forward. Like, the offense is too clunky when you have him and a traditional center out there. Like, defensively, he's fine on forwards and, and bigs. Like, he can guard anyone. So, I just think that this has unlocked his game offensively, like you said, pulls the opposing big away from the basket. Like, he's actually a pretty good passer and, like, it just completely unlocks things for them. So, yeah, I think it was weird. It took them this long. 
And I, I guess I'm happy because I, as a homegrown ticket holder, like it gave him a chance. And I do think that he'll probably get an all-star nod, even though it's getting a little dicey now. All right, let's go back to your original uh, other point that you talked about, the two things, right? So what, number two was Victor Wembanyama in the race for Rookie of the Year. Number one, the Phoenix Suns. So I have actually – I have bet the Phoenix Suns each of their last three games, right? The, the Kings game where they have the dramatic comeback against Sacramento. What was it, like a 23-7 run to end up winning yeah. that game by two? They were laying four. They don't cover. Uh, bet them again against the New Orleans Pelicans. Go out there, wipe the floor. Devin Booker has 25 points in the first quarter. They're freaking awesome. Bet him again yesterday against the Indiana Pacers. Get some favorable injury luck. And then, of course, they end up winning and covering in that game. I think they ended up winning by what? Like, was it 117-110, something like that? Yep. Um, last night. So I asked this question to Dave DeFore. We had him on the show over the weekend. He works for The Athletic. And so I'm going to ask you the same question as our son's whisperer. Is now the time to buy in? They're 13 to 1 to win the NBA Finals. They are just about, what are we looking at here? Or DraftKings plus 650 to win the Western Conference. Is this where we're buying in? Is this the start of the turnaround? Because now you've had almost, what, like 11, 12 straight games of Bradley Beal. The big three are together. The statistical returns are there, Zach. And that's been one of the reasons why I've been betting them every game is I think that this is the start of like the run now. Now that they're going to be healthy, they're the team that I expect them to be. Is now the time to buy in? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, like, it's just a matter of getting these guys on the court together, letting them figure it out. Like, last night was actually, you know, it wasn't a good opponent. Like, Halliburton wasn't playing for the Pacers. But it was a good example of, like, what this team could be. There was, like, separate spurts where, you know, Booker, Durant, and Beal kind of carried them when they needed to. Like, all three of those guys are capable of taking over games. And, like, Beal's starting to look really comfortable and apparently, I mean, like I've used that last five game sample size for the defense. Apparently there were some harsh conversations after that Clippers loss behind the scenes. And it was more or less just like, we need an effing guard. Like, like we're not, we're not playing hard enough. It's not anything to do with the scheme. And like, since then, I mean, the opponents haven't all been great, but the defensive results have been. So I think that they're starting to figure it out. They're better. They're going to get better and better offensively. Like I said, like there are some moments where it looks really bad. But I think that that's going to figure itself out because the talent on the court is just too good. And I do think there's a chance they maybe make a move at the deadline with some of the second-round picks they have to maybe address the, the bench, which has been really bad. But overall, like the, the, the top part of the rotation is just really good. Yeah, so the way I wrote it in the column yesterday was, you know, when you have the high-end offense that the Suns have – the assumption is, is that they're like Indiana where they don't play defense, mm -hmm. but they actually like Beals an underrated defender at the beginning of his career. I think people forget, like he was a really good, did he make a couple of all defensive teams? Like he was actually pretty good as a defender. That. I'd have to <laughs> double check, but he was like a, 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 an above average defender. We'll call it at the very least. Uh, Kevin Durant is an above average defender at his position and can protect the rim and help and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's the difference between Phoenix and like these teams like Indiana they're actually at the very worst, like an average team defensively. And that'll really help you out in terms of being able to overcome maybe some weaknesses and putting you on a different level than teams like the Indiana Pacers who go all gas, no breaks and have no real qualities on defense that are positive. Yep. And like people probably don't even realize it because they've fallen almost off the radar because of how bad it has been early this season. But like Yusef Nurkic is having arguably like the best season of his career, at least like the like easily the best season he's had since that bad injury. And then I also think like Grayson Allen has been just tremendous. I mean, talk about a guy that like does not miss. I mean, he's shooting almost 50% from three. He competes really hard on the defensive end. Like I, like I said, like the top part of this rotation is really, really good. And that's like, you know, one to six is just like as good as it gets in the NBA.
Uh, and no, Bradley Beal did not make an All Defensive Team. I, uh, I <laughs> no, but he he was a he was a much better defender earlier in his career, and he has also acknowledged that he's like, I need to get back to competing the way I did early in my career. I think towards the end of Washington, he just like you know he knew he had nothing to play for, and he was getting injured all the time. I think it was probably really hard for him. Yep. Um, yeah, it was All NBA rookie first team, but uh, that was it. And then of course made his first All NBA team uh, in 2021. All right, good. So with that, let's take our first break. Uh, when we come back, let's discuss the card. We've got a pretty decent one. We've got about seven games up there. And um, it's a good thing Kelly's not here because we're button heads all across the board when it comes to these plays today. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Milwaukee Bucks on the road against the Detroit Pistons. Saw this open uh, 12 and a half with a total of 247 and a half. Pistons now catching 12 with a total of 247 and a half. So, no real moves here. There's still plenty of 12 and a halfs out there, Zach. And uh, I'll tell you this, my first inclination is actually to grab the points with Detroit. I know it might not be the sexiest thing, but look, they pushed Milwaukee the other day. There was a 141-135 matchup. Uh, this is, of course, part of that baseball series. They're just playing again here after a day of rest. Uh, the Pistons are a team that I think fits the mold of one that would bother Milwaukee. They like to play with pace. They're a little bit quicker, I think, than people realize. And they'll run up and down the floor, play with transition. That bothers the Bucks. The Bucks, as we know, below average defensively, specifically in transition. Uh, I don't think really it's – I expect um, Detroit to to win necessarily. But one of two options. You know, with Detroit, what I've liked to do is, even if you don't trust them to stay inside of a number, uh, playing a team total over is kind of the same thing as asking them to potentially cover a number, be competitive, surpass what the market expects of you here. Uh, I didn't play this because it is that rematch element. And sometimes in, in these games, uh, in the divisional series, you know, they get a little bit wonky, but I think that Detroit would be the side here. And I don't think there's really any question about it. I don't want to lay 12 and a half on the road with Milwaukee. Yeah. Same page. I mean, I, the Pistons are have covered in four straight and I think they're nine and four in their last 13 against the spread, yeah. uh, you know, just played them close the other night. Like, like you said, like I don't really trust the rematch element of it and I don't really want to take Detroit at all to begin with. So <laughs> I'm just kind of laying off this game, but I, I, you know, nothing really says how bad this Bucks team is defensively than like Detroit hanging 135 on them last game without Cade Cunningham. Like, I think that's yep. a really says a lot about where Milwaukee is right now, but yeah, if you're doing something here, I think, what you said is a good call. Take the points or take the team total over. And that's the bad part too, is, you know, and we've talked about this a little bit, but you know, back in the day and back in the day, like last year and the year before uh, these were the matchups that Milwaukee would come out and crush their opponents, right? Like yeah. these were divisional games, which they would come in and just absolutely destroy, right? The Chicago's and the Detroit's of the world. Uh, and that just isn't the case anymore. And we should also point out um, Giannis Antetokounmpo is listed as probable with the right shoulder contusion, We've seen the Bucs play this game before with a probable tag that ultimately gets downgraded to out. 
when it comes to Giannis. Uh, he was a late scratch the other day against Cleveland with this shoulder issue. So if you are going to bet Milwaukee, just, I would say, be careful because there is there is a, a better chance than none that he is going to potentially miss this game. Just put it that way. So, yep. All right. Next up, San Antonio Spurs, Philadelphia 76ers, 14. The opening number here with a total of 237.5. Again, pretty much the same. 13.5 for 14 with a total of 237 across the board. Uh, you mentioned the uh, other minutes here at center, excuse me, the new minutes here at center for Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, is it worth coming in and grabbing all of the points here with the Spurs against the Philadelphia 76ers? Uh, for a couple of question marks, if you want like injury notes um, for both teams, uh, doesn't really look like anything crazy. Zach Collins is questionable to play for the San Antonio Spurs. Patrick Beverly on the injury report with an illness, but he's listed as probable. Mo Bamba as questionable. Jaden Springer as questionable as well. Nothing really impactful from a point spread perspective. Uh, what were you read here? Anything? I was leading Spurs, you know, with the points. Yeah. They're they're another one. It's like eight and two against the spread. Their last ten, like we just said, playing much better basketball with Wembanyama at center, starting to play rotations that actually make sense. But I ended up settling on Wembanyama over two and a half blocks, which is really just a play on. You know, he's going to be guarding Embiid. There are going to be times where that looks really ugly because of the weight differential. I think that Embiid's going to really you know, throw that body around and make make him uncomfortable. But at the same time, it's going to be Wembenyama guarding the ball for a really large amount of time if he can avoid foul trouble. Like They're going to run everything through Embiid. There will be a lot of opportunities to block shots. I, I, like I said, the only thing I'm worried about is foul trouble. But I do think three blocks is a really uh, realistic number here. Man, I do – like, I wish we could simulate I – w- I wish we could see – like in a matchup like this, right? Every minute that Embiid's on the floor, every offensive possession, post up Victor Wembanyama and back him down. Yep. Right? Like, I don't know why you would try to run anything else. You have like 120 pounds on the guy. And whether that's like physically dominating him and getting to the basket or drawing double teams and being able to kick it out for open shooters, like, I don't know why every possession tonight would not start with a Joel Embiid post up. I think it will be a lot of Embiid post-ups. Like, I think they'll test that because I think I've heard Embiid talk about Wemanyama before. Like, I think he's very well aware of, like, this this being a big matchup. And it is – it's not a national TV game, but it's an NBA TV game. I think he's going to want to go out there and kind of, like, make an example of him. I just like, yeah, just like give me, give me one <laughs> Wemby post. Like, get, just poster Wemanyama. Like, put your onions in his face. You know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> give me one of them. Give me one. Uh, all right. So, good read on that. I got nothing there. So, we move on. And, uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's that sound? We got a head-to-head battle here that Zach doesn't understand the reference to. You don't get that it. one either. I didn't know it. Oh man, you and Kelly, disappointing. That is this. That is the the Pokemon battle sound. Oh, you, I should have known battle. that. Come on, what I are we doing? Yeah, we got a battle here. <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers on the road against the Orlando Magic. This thing opened up one with a total of two fifteen. We're up to two with a total of two fifteen and a half. Uh, Cavs have been uh, a train that I I took a small ride on. Uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. It started with uh, their matchup the other day against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, thought that that would really work out in their favor because they were, you know, had a little bit of rest and everything. Like that. Actually, excuse me, it started with the Milwaukee Bucks game uh, where they had a little bit of rest advantage, thought they were catching four and a half against a bad Bucks team. Giannis has ended up scratched, so they win that game 135-95, blow them out. Then they have a big rest advantage over Atlanta on the road. Trey Young actually gets injured in that game. They go on to win 116-95. to It is part of a January in which the Cavaliers have won seven straight. They have covered six out of those seven overall for the month of January, seven to one straight up, uh, six and two against the spread. It's been a very good month of January. However, 
And I, I, I actually, I was really gravitating toward the Orlando side here today. So I, I would be with you on this battle. Less than stellar competition. And I feel like now we're starting to climb here on the power rating. Like the market's been sleeping on Cleveland. And to lay this on the road against what I deem to be a somewhat similarly rated opponent. Like I thought this would be pick, not Cleveland yeah. minus like two and a half. Yeah, that's kind of what I said. I said, like, now that you got Franz back for the Magic, yeah. I'm I'm starting to rate them similar to how I did early in the season, where I think they're, you know, a top six team in the Eastern Conference. So I wrote in my column today, it's up on vcin.com, that, you know, Orlando at home against opponents that are not top tier, they're a play for me. I got a number like this. Like, I think they should be laying a small amount of points, to be honest. And I just think without Garland, like it's going to be really hard for them to create offense against this Magic team. Like Orlando, with you know the full roster of guys we saw as a top five defensive team in the league. So you know, if you throw Jalen Suggs on Donovan Mitchell, who's going to help him out offensively? You're going to miss Garland. Uh, I think Karis Levert is a little banged up. Like that's another guy that can create offense. So I just think they're going to have a hard time scoring the basketball, and that's exactly kind of how it played out the last time these teams met in Orlando. Uh, the Magic won 104-94 at home in uh, early December. And I just see this one being somewhat similar. Yep. By the way, I mean, I wrote about this the other day when we were talking, when I when I bet him against Atlanta. I mean, if you're Brooklyn and then you're Cleveland, right? Like after that Paris game, Brooklyn's looking around and be like, dude, what the bleep? Because mm-hmm. Cleveland got to play in Paris. They get the same <laughs> amount of days off, but then they're back at home for like three games. Yep. And they only play twice. Like the rest that Cleveland has gotten because they played in Paris in comparison to Brooklyn, who got one game at home afterwards and then immediately had to go on a West Coast trip. Like Cleveland's, and good for them, they've taken advantage of it. But I think that's been behind some of this recent success. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that's going to start to wear out. But what an advantage that Cleveland's had here over the last like five, six days. Yeah, they played like one game in the span of a week. And like international yeah. travel is not as bad as it used to be. Like it's not like these guys weren't that tired. Like they've got it. They probably loved it. Like they got back feeling fresher than ever. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's been wild. Yeah, that game against uh, the game against Atlanta. It was their third. It was only their third game in nine days while it was the sixth <laughs> game in nine days for Atlanta. And like, I'm just looking at this. I was like, geez, dude, like I, if you're an NBA team, sign up for more international games because holy smoke, <laughs> sometimes you might get a like two weeks off. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but that does mean at some point here, I haven't looked at their schedule, but we're going to have to go and search for it. At some point, those games are going to there's going to be a condensed part of that schedule that Cleveland's going to have to, you know, re- really, I think fight their way through because this has been a really uh, advantageous portion of their schedule. So, yeah. all right, head-to-head matchup there. Cleveland. Magic, minus- by the way, just just uh, before but- we move on to the next game, like the Magic just destroyed the Heat last night and like smothered yes. them defensively. 87 points for Miami and a night where like most guys were playing. So it was just kind of like that reminder that when Franz is playing, this Orlando team is kind of more similar to what we saw earlier in the season than what we've seen these last few weeks when they've been as banged up as anyone. Yep, completely agree. And um, I think this is the team that uh, quietly people forgot about. And I think the narrative was like, oh, they just fell apart. Like, no, they were good. They got pretty injured. And I think now that they're a little bit healthier, uh, you'll start to see this team bounce back here. All right, let's fit in one more before we hit uh, one more break. Memphis on the road against Toronto. Uh, So this number's up to seven. Total's at 225 and a half. This is where I'm involved here. And I understand where we're at here uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies, right? The injury report is long and lengthy. As we know, no Desmond Bain, no John Morant, no Marcus Smart. All of the other names that are available here are, are all out, right? Derrick Rose, blah, blah, blah. We, we know what the injury situation is uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Xavier Tillman, questionable today as well with knee soreness. Uh, but, Zach, I couldn't help myself. I took the ugly dog here, and I get it. Like, I know where Toronto is at, but here's the thing. Toronto, and this is what I wrote about in today's column, which is, 
Look, Toronto has been solid against the spread for the most part since the trade deadline. The difference is, if you look in recent form, one and four against the spread in the last five games, so the market's gotten a little high on them. One and six straight up, three and four against the spread in the last seven. And while they might be six and five against the spread in their last 11, and that's since the acquisition of RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly, they closed as underdogs in every single one of those games. I was going to say, one. yep. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought they had, like, they haven't been favored in a game in like two weeks or maybe three. Yes. They yeah. were they were two and a half point favorites against Cleveland on New Year's Day. Like that yeah. was the only time. And then since then, they've been underdogs every time. And now you're asking a team that while they've been playing some pretty decent basketball, they are the fifth worst defensive team in the NBA over this span. You're asking that team to win by margin in a role that it has not played yet at all. And for me, it's just a number grab because if you look at it, Memphis, and we saw it in the game against Golden State, they still got some decent defensive personnel, right? They've got guys who can defend. They still got Jaron Jackson Jr., and I would think it's been kind of weird. The last couple of days, Taylor Jenkins has not been playing Gigi Jackson that much. I think he's had like 10 and 19 minutes. This seems like a pretty good matchup for Gigi Jackson to come out and take advantage of a pretty poor defense. I just think that this is too many points. I made the number about four and a half, and I was like, screw it. I think this is too big. Give me the ugly dog here with the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies on the road. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I mean, like we've said it before, like we're both much higher on Taylor Jenkins as a coach than anybody. <laughs> like, you know, there, yeah. there are rumors that he might get fired. So like this is a lot of points for what I still think is a well-coached team. He doesn't really have the personnel he needs to win games, but like staying within a number against a team that's not very good, like that's very reasonable. Yep. All right, let's take our break here. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the schedule. And we have a new trade rumor out there, and it actually involves the Toronto Raptors. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, you want to save the trade room or you want it now? You looked in trade. I want room. it now because you're breaking it to me. I had no idea what you're talking about. The Denver Nuggets are very interested in bringing back one Bruce Brown. How about that, huh? Let him go in free agency just to potentially acquire him and bring him right back. That would be, I mean, if they were able to do it, I don't know how they would make the salaries match, but that's the type I of never thing that's like it. genius. Yeah. I never <laughs> questioned it. Like the salary cap, I think somebody, it was funny. Um, somebody last night actually put like, you know, like the think piece up. It was like, this was the best opportunity for the Buffalo Bills and their salary cap is now in hell. You know, it was like one of those think pieces. And somebody just responded with like a, a, a meme of somebody holding up a sign in the stands that just said like this and the NFL salary cap isn't real, right? <laughs> I, I think it's the same thing in the NBA. Like I never question whether or not teams can get something done. Like, for example, I don't know how the Lakers are going to go and get DeJounte Murray and or Zach Levine, but I know they're going to do it. So uh, it's ridiculous. But anyway. Well the Lakers have off, outgoing salary. The Lakers have outgoing salaries that make sense. I sure. think that from what I'm looking at here, 
it looks like the Nuggets would have to trade Caldwell Pope if they wanted to get Brown back, or maybe you get a third team that's under the cap involved. Is that what it would need to be? I I don't know. Yeah, I think probably. I think (laughs) it's probably. I don't know. Again, I don't question these things. I don't question. I just know that that was the rumor that the Nuggets. And look, maybe it is true. Maybe it was like, hey, we'd love to have Bruce Brown back. Doesn't mean that you can go and get him. I'd love to have a million dollars right now. Yeah, Doesn't yep. mean I'm going to have it. So maybe it's just one of those rumors that's out there. But. Yeah, I do think like the more I think about it, the Knicks are going to end up with Bruce Brown as like the Fournier and sure. Quinton Grimes trade. And like you're going to get Brown's, Brown playing for Tibbs and like a Brown OG perimeter defense <laughs> duo. Speaking of the Nuggets, I'm going to rewind really quickly since we're on this topic. I just want to point out, the other thing I forgot to mention, because Friday seems like an eternity ago, what a sleeping good win for the Denver Nuggets on Friday yes. night against the Boston Celtics. And I, I, I got I to gotta do this. I'm going to do this in the week during All-Star Week, right, that we don't have any time. I'm going to go back and look at some of these market moves because that was another one on Friday. And I think we texted about it briefly. But I was like, dude, like, what am I missing? That number opened five, closed seven. And I get that it's Boston, but holy smokes. Like, are we forgetting who the Denver Nuggets are? And the Nuggets go in there. They trail by at most, I think it was nine. And they end up winning that game outright. An effing damn good win for the Denver Nuggets. And such another weird line move that was all the way incorrect for the betting market. Yeah, it's one of those things that's interesting. Like, the Nuggets are not getting much respect this season. And it's because, like, it's hard to get up for regular season games after winning a title. But, like, that's the type of game that these types of teams want to win. So those ones need to be treated a little bit more seriously. That line was a little wacky. I was was pretty surprised to see it. Yep. And, by the way, too, I mean, they they had the rest advantage. Like, the market wasn't, like, I think a lot of people, too, think just, like, oh, it's the road. It's tough. Like, no, Mm -hmm. not really. Like, you know, they travel nicer than we do. And so if you have two days off in between road games, it's just like they left immediately from Philly, went to Boston. They'd been in Boston for two days. Like they're, they're rested and ready to go. So, but a damn good win for the Denver Nuggets on Friday night. Uh, all right. Not a damn good game. Charlotte, Minnesota, Timberwolves 14 right now, 218 and a half. We've seen this total come down from 222 and a half. And we saw the number go from 15 to 14. I guess. Sure. I don't really have anything here. I have no, excuse me. I have a hiccup. I have no interest in watching this and or handicapping it. Yeah, I, I don't have anything here. This is another <laughs> one where I think, like, I'd just take the points if I had to take anything. Sure. I, I just think Charlotte's probably a little better than what we've seen this season, especially, you know, with ball back. Although, he's questionable tonight, so maybe that's why that spread is so big. But, yep. yeah, I mean, if, if, if he ends up playing, I'd rather have the points than anything. But not a game that I'm really looking to bet. Yeah, and you talk about sleepy spots here. Uh, Minnesota with a lowly Eastern Conference opponent coming to town, and you've got a road trip against Washington and Brooklyn. Like This is the part of the schedule where the Timberwolves should be adding some wins to their dockets uh, because their schedule going forward after that Oklahoma City loss, which, by the way, was a bad one. um, They had a really solid lead at the end of that game and blew it. Um, Charlotte, Washington, Brooklyn, San Antonio before a rematch in Oklahoma City at the end of the month. So you should be on a good winning streak when you get the rematch against the Thunder. Yeah, about I'm a little a little concerned about the Timberwolves offensively. Like, I think 97 points in that Thunder game. Yeah. And, like, the way they struggled offensively down the stretch. Like, I would be not – I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking for a little firepower off the bench at the deadline. I don't know what the move is. Like, if they're – they're a prime, like, Jordan Clarkson team for me. <laughs> yep. Well, and you know what kills me is in that game, you know, you have the advantage. Like, you should have destroyed them on the glass. You, mm-hmm. you should have – you should have had like 22 second chance points. You should have had offensive rebounds. And that just wasn't really the case. And then you still have a lead. And then to your point, you have a lead, but then you don't have the offensive firepower to hold on to it. And yeah. then you just kind of like crap it away. 
yeah, it was a pretty bad loss for them. And I would agree with you. I think still in the grand scheme of things, they're a very good matchup with a team like Denver and some of these lower Western conference teams are going to have trouble with them. Uh, but in terms of cracking through the ceiling and, and getting past, you know, even a team like the Clippers or right. The assumed teams at the top, the nuggets and others, I think I have a hard time reconciling that they're going to get there. So yep. that's about it, but I got a good ticket on them to win the, uh, the Western conference. So just make it to the Western conference finals. That's all. Yeah. All right. Next up. I got something here. Boston Celtics, uh, speaking of, on the road against the Dallas Mavericks, this number is now three across the board, 239.5, opened up some spots, two and a half. So we've just been kind of floating around here. And uh, actually, I took a stab. This is where, especially because, you know, you're you're having such a good year. I don't know if you do this, Zach, but because I'm I'm up a little bit here, I'm willing to kind of take a little bit more in terms of shots. So, like, for me today, I took the um, Mavericks money line at plus 130 here against the Celtics. I think that this is a pretty favorable spot here against Boston. You're talking about having a, a good rest advantage for the most part. Uh, second leg of a back-to-back, third game of four nights for Boston. I wanted to ask you this. I, I noted this in the column, and I don't know if this is worth it or not. It's the eighth game in 13 days for Boston. I don't know if it's like that dramatic, but I, I just wanted to put the point forward in the columns. Like It's just been kind of a busy time. Boston's been playing quite a bit of basketball. Yeah, it, it seems like a lot of games. It's also like the Mavericks are in a good rest spot. So yep. I'm, I'm kind of with you here. I was actually looking to, to get in on this, and I see that it's now at three and a half. So I think I'm going to add Dallas plus three and a half. I like that number a lot. You know, it's also like no Drew Holiday tonight for Boston. That's, you know, that's huge in a matchup with Kyrie Irving. So, yeah, I think, I think this is a spot where the home team should win. I think the Mavericks are actually one of the more underrated teams in the league because they're not, you know – they're not in there with the top tier of the West, but I think they're just outside and like capable of competing with anyone. I love to hear it, Zach. You want to know why? That's right. Because Kelly Bidlin also in on the Dallas Mavericks here in this spot. So let's go. Let's make I'm it a three. For, let's do it. it right All right. Now. So I've got the Mavericks money line here. Uh, Zach and Kelly both on the points there with the Dallas Mavericks, but it just it makes a lot of sense. You get time off. You get rested. You get ready to go. Uh, you're talking about how many how many days is it off now for Dallas? Is it four? Something like that? They haven't played yet, right? Yeah, they haven't played in three days, right? Yep. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't played since uh, that Wednesday night loss to the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. So it, you're getting healthier. Only Dante Exum and Seth Curry on the injury report. I, I just think that this is about the spot. It's about a somewhat underrated Dallas team. You have Irving and, uh, and Doncic on the floor together, a 121.3 offensive rating. Uh, when you split them, right, when you start to get to your, your, uh, your bench units and stuff, as you have pointed out many times in our time here on the pod, uh, then you get some defensive personnel out there on the floor for the Mavericks. So I think it's a pretty good spot. So glad we're all in agreement there. Mavericks tonight live against the Boston Celtics. Uh, all right, next up, Chicago Bulls, Phoenix Suns. So part of my logic, and I still might do this, as I mentioned, I've bet the Suns each of their last three games. And my whole thinking is just like, I want to be on this train when it takes off from the station. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to go back to it again here. I get it's less than a favorable spot. You know, second leg of the back-to-back third game of four nights. So that's what's given me some hesitancy. Can you talk me into this? Because, like, I do want to be on this ride. I think the Suns are on the verge of taking off here. And I don't want to look back and just be like, oh, man, I could have had another one here against Chicago. But you've also been, like, this is your perfect game. You've been our matador. You've been our Suns whisperer. You've been our guy. So you tell me what's going on here with the Suns laying five with a total of 225 and a half against this Bulls team. I think this is a pretty good spot for the Suns. Like I think if you're getting it at four and a half or five, you can go Phoenix. I don't think I'd want to do any more than that. That's the, that's kind of where I was when I was looking at it. I don't want to lay too many points, but I do think, you know, the way that the Suns are defending, I think they're going to have a good answer for a Bulls team that has been, you know, above average offensively, nothing special. 
I don't think they're going to be going out there and lighting it up. And I think that what, you know, Chicago's done really well over the course of this really good stretch has just been how good they've been defensively. They've played at, you know, a top 10 level in terms of defensive rating. That doesn't matter against a team like Phoenix. Like Phoenix is going to score if they're going to score. And I do think that the matchups are really good in this type of game. So I think that this is one that I do expect the Suns to win. And I do think, like like you said, like I'm expecting a run from the Suns soon. I think that they have a kind of a kick in their butts. Like they don't want to be in the plane. And like it's real – real possibility right now. So these are the type of games that they need to win. They have, I believe, a seven-game road trip coming up. Like, they have to win, take care of business at home before heading out on the road. Yep. Um, all right. You might have convinced me here to, to sprinkle a little bit on this thing because, yeah, like I said, like, I, you know, going back to that Kings game, like, I, I've been in on Phoenix. Like, I, it just, I feel like I see this coming, and it was a team that it's not going to get there, but I've got this ticket on them to win the one seed in the Western Conference. You know, we talked about this before the season started. Like, I've been high on Phoenix, but they just haven't been together. And yeah. now that they're finally the version of the team that I thought, you know, that we expected them to be, right, from a roster standpoint, why would I back down on that thought process now that we're finally getting them together? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and they have trouble beating, like, teams that are missing players. I just think, they, like, you know, that's just kind of the nature of having three stars on your team. Like, you look sure. across the court, Halliburton's out, and you're like, oh, we're going to beat this team no matter what. You you know, you don't play hard. But, you know, the, the way they looked against the Pelicans in that road game the other day, that was kind of the vision of, like, what this team could be. Like, they really kicked the crap out of them, and I think that this is – that's kind of the team you're seeing, like, moving yep. forward. All right. Last game of the day, and um, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Atlanta Hawks, Sacramento Kings. Uh, Kelly, as I mentioned, button heads here, so he's up against Zach in the Orlando and Cleveland matchup, and Kelly is up against me here with Atlanta and Sacramento. So you, Zach, can be the tiebreaker here. Kings are up to an eight, eight and a half point favorite. Total of two thirty-eight. Those eight and a halfs are few and far between, but they're still out there. So if you want to grab it, go ahead. Um, I, uh, I took eight and a half here with the Atlanta Hawks. And part of my thinking is pretty basic. I think the market is overvaluing the impact of Trey Young. I, I think that we have now seen this. If you look at the numbers on and off the court with Trey Young on the floor, they got a negative 3.1 net rating. When he is off the floor, they actually outscore their opponents by 2.2 points per 100 possessions. And I was doing a little digging and I figured that this might sway you to my side. One of the nifty little numbers that I really liked when I saw DeJounte Murray and Jalen Johnson on the floor together, a plus 7.3 net rating, dude. Like they're, it's a little bit more defensive oriented. You've still got a lead guard that can run your offense and score and do all sorts of little things. DeJounte Murray is an overrated defender, but he at least is not a black hole at the point of attack. He'll be able to match up with De'Aaron Fox. They have the size to handle DeMontis Sabonis. I just think that when you're asking a Kings team that has been playing below average defense for a very long time now, that has been overvalued at home and comes into this nine and 12 against the number in Sacramento, giving up an average of 118 points per 100 possessions and in ownership of the fifth worst half court defensive rating in the NBA. I think it's a lot to ask the Kings to win by eight and a half or, or more, right? I think that the market is overvaluing what Trey young means to this team. Give me the Atlanta Hawks. I'm actually really high on Trey young, like higher than I've ever been on him, but I still think that this is a good spot for the Hawks just because I think Murray's a really good player that's been playing out of position his entire time in Atlanta. So I think that, you know, now you've moved him into a fully on ball role because, because young is out, like this is going to be the best version of him. So it doesn't surprise me, you know, that they're a better team when he is playing point guard. And like, I like the stat you just threw out there with him and Johnson is it's important. And I do think that just this Kings team is really overrated. I think that like in terms of net rating, 
they're more or less like an even basketball team. Like they're, they should not be 23 and 18. They're pretty fortunate to have a winning record to this point. So I think it's kind of crazy to ask them to win a game by this many points, especially considering I believe they beat the Hawks on the road, like a few weeks ago. I remember they, the Hawks were up like 23 to eight and they blew. Yeah. That was a game that like, it should not have gone that way. And I think the Quinn Snyder is a good enough coach to get back to the drawing board, figure things out. So I don't know. I don't think the Hawks win this game, but I think staying within eight is just, yeah, yeah, that's more likely than not. Yep. Uh, And it's a good point that you brought that up because this will be a game that they remember. Yep. Like they'll be there. And, uh, and I think it's actually, I think you're right. And I'm right in the sense that like, it's almost a, you know, so you know how like in the National Football League, right? People have this misnomer that a, a quarterback is worth something to a point spread. In reality, it's the difference between him and his backup, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of the same thing here with Trey Young, where Trey Young's having a phenomenal season. He's going to be an all-star, likely a starter, and is a very important player for the Hawks. But because of the system that they have with him and DeJounte Murray, I actually think from a point spread perspective, he's not that valuable because when he is out, Right. DeJounte Murray becomes more comfortable in his role and also vice versa. DeJounte Murray is out. Then Trey Young becomes more comfortable in his role. Does that make sense? Yep. I mean, the two of them just don't play well together. Like I've seen enough Hawks games this year that, you know, my eyes are bleeding all the time. But I think yeah. it's just, you know, they, the two of them just take turns. They don't play together in any way. And I also think like you're kind of getting a motivated version of Murray right now because I think he's seen like the little trade value he has right now on the market. It's almost insulting. He's played really well in these last couple of games, a few game winners, like has looked locked in. So I think that maybe he's trying to get himself going a little bit. Uh, well, I wonder if uh, something happened. Cause as I talked, the few eight and a half disappeared and went to seven and a half. So we'll have to see. We'll have maybe to see Trey cleared comp- concussion protocol. Uh, man, I, actually, I kind of wouldn't like that. <laughs> I actually wouldn't really, I mean, from a number perspective, it would, but um, the, the report that I read actually said he was out for the foreseeable future. So that'd be ridiculous yeah. if he plays here. I'm trying uh, to find right. uh, some Hawks news. Well, while you're looking for that, best bet recap for Kelly Bidlin and what he has, even though he's not here, Cavaliers plus one in a uh, battle with Zach Cohen, Mavericks plus three, part of a friendship play with all three of us. Uh, Mavericks plus three for Kelly. Mavericks plus three and a half for Zach. I'm on Mavericks money line against the Boston Celtics. And then, of course, another fight for Kelly Bidlin. Man, what's he doing, huh? Uh, Kings minus eight and a half. And I have laid, or excuse me, taken eight and a half with the Atlanta Hawks. For you, Zach, what's your card? I have the Magic money line. That's probably my biggest play of the day. I put two units on that. I went Victor Wembanyama over two and a half blocks. And then I just added Mavericks plus three and a half. And I did it already in the in the new CMS for the new vcin.com. God. I tell you, people who you want, you want you people who are listening, you want a uh, ridiculous statement that none of you care about. God, the back end of that website so sexy, it's so easy, <laughs> it's so easy to post. Uh, for me, Grizzlies plus seven, Mavericks money line plus one thirty, Hawks plus eight and a half, and uh, I will add, I'll do it. Phoenix Suns laying the points there against the Chicago Bulls, Lovely. five of them. Let's do it, baby. And if it goes down in flames, it's Zach's fault. Yeah, um, it must have been nothing because uh, Circo went from eight and a half to seven and a half, and then they're right back up to eight. So I don't know what that was. I don't know. Weird. All right, that does it for us. Uh, we're all done. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe as always. We always appreciate it. Numbers are going up, so if we could continue to do that, it'd be great. The downloads really help as well. Feedback up on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify really help too. And we like engaging on social media at Betting on X at me JBT and at Kelly K E L L E Y Bidlin on Twitter. And make sure you check out the new website at vcin.com. Looks absolutely brilliant. And the guys did a great job behind the scenes to get it up and ready. With that, we will talk to you tomorrow here on Hardwood Handicappers. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, sleep tight stories.